Are you well? I hope so. Come on in. Let's stand to our feet. Just in this first moment, take a moment. Take a moment, ready yourself to praise your God. Because here we are. This is what we do at Activate. We give our praise to God. First up, it's the thing we do. Are you ready to do that? Ray is ready. Okay, take a moment then. Looks like we need a moment. That's with a big smile on my face then. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Oh 
awesome privilege it is to be in your house today. We can praise you, we can worship you, we can freely express our adoration and we thank you for this wonderful country that we can express our worship, our adoration, our thanks and honour to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Great to see you. Give your neighbour a high five as you take your seat. You're looking good. You're sounding good. I give you a very warm welcome today. If this is your first or second time to activate, then we're a special welcome to you. And as you leave the auditorium today, at the back of the auditorium and into the foyer is some white packs. We encourage you to take one of those. There you'll find a free coffee card and an opportunity to leave your details with us if you'd like some follow-up. And we invite you to stay over and share a coffee or a tea or a hot chocolate in the Crossover Cafe. That would be really, really cool. So church, can we put our hands together to welcome our visitors this morning? And it's wonderful to welcome Brent Weather all the way from the Ukraine. Thank you for being with us this morning. Brent, it's wonderful. As some of you will recall, two or three weeks ago, we had a slide that was put up about the English schools that Brent is heavily involved and coordinates in the Ukraine. And um, so we're going to hear it briefly from Brent very, very shortly, actually, which will be wonderful. And Brent will be with us later in the month to share in our gatherings as well. So that's cool. So let's celebrate birthdays and wedding anniversaries. Who's had a birthday, wedding anniversary over the last week? Mark and Mary Ann, congratulations. Stephen as well, and Catherine, come on up. Steve, well, birthday as well. How many years, guys? 29? Stephen, come 24, wow. 25 for Rena, that's very, very good. Isn't that wonderful? Well, church, can we stand to our feet and declare this prayer of blessing? I, who enjoys praying this prayer? Isn't it a wonderful prayer? And guess what? You don't have to do it on Sunday mornings when we pray for birthdays and anniversaries. You can do it every day of the week. You can put your hand on your spouse and declare something similar to this, which is really, really good. I know they would love it. I certainly enjoy it. Thank you, Wendy. So it's cool. So let's pray. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, purpose, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations, guys. Wonderful. Well, that's very, very cool. Well, I'm going to invite Brent to come share for five minutes about what's happening in his world. Brent is part of the Activate family, although we don't see him every Sunday. We do see him on the screen from time to time. But let's give him a very warm welcome as he comes. Thank you, Brent. I'm just, I'm just checking if there's any Ukrainian speakers. Um, that's just good morning. Uh, if you're a Russian speaker. I speak Russian, I don't speak Ukrainian very well. Um, just back with all kinds of um, feelings. It's strange being back in New Zealand. People said, oh, is it good to be home? It doesn't feel like home. I had to renew my driver's license uh, yesterday. I had to drive across town, Dinsdale to Five Crossroads. By the time I got to the other side, I was a wreck because I haven't driven a car for two years. I go to the driver's license place. They expect you, did you know this? They expect you to look through both of your eyes. 
My eyes don't work like that. I was asked to read the letters. I read four letters. And then she says, what about the other letters? What other letters? Because I don't use this eye at all. (laughs) But anyway, she gave me my license. So So that's that's good. Um, Yeah, it's, it's... it's always good to be back here. I was just thinking, I was just sitting there thinking, it's been two years since I've actually been in what I call big church. Um, I don't know if you've followed anything that I do, but the church that I go to is in my lounge room, sitting around my dining room table with about eight or nine people, and we sing songs and we do it a bit different to here. So this is the first time in two years I've actually been standing, singing worship songs with a group of people kind of in this context. Um, I thought I'd share just... A little story, just a taster. I'll be back in the end of April. Um, I'm off tiki touring all around the country, off down to Tiano. I hope it's sunny down in Tiano when I get there. But I just wanted to highlight, I mean, I guess missionaries want to kind of talk about the best things. I'm going to show you some of the best things. This is one of the best things in the last couple of years. This is Yulia. She just graduated. She's an English teacher. Um, just graduated from university. Uh, two years ago, she came to our camp and decided to follow Jesus. She kind of grew up in a Ukrainian Catholic family, what's called Greek Catholic. So her, she read the Bible but when she was a kid, but as she said, I didn't really understand uh, anything about what it really meant to follow Jesus. I just went to the church, lit candles, you know, uh, twice a year, and uh, that was about it for her. But she decided to follow Jesus. Um, the thing that gets me about her is her seriousness. Um, she came to Life Group, that's what we call our church, um, one morning and she walks in and she says, we, we always share, you know, what's something good that's happened in the week. Comes around to her and she says, I've decided that I don't love you. To the group, I think, that's an interesting thing to say to your best friend, you know, to your group of Christian friends. It's like, what on the earth is she thinking? She says, yeah, I've decided I don't love you because this week I was reading um, 1 Corinthians 13 where it talks about love and I don't think I really love anybody. And she said, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not saying I don't like you, but I just don't know yet. And I thought, talk more, tell us more. What do you mean? She said, well, we always say, we just use this word, love, 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 love. I love you, I love you, I love you. She was, read that scripture and thought, Man, this is a different kind of love. So what she's going to do is she's going to deconstruct her life, get back to base one, I don't love anybody, and then examine, does she really, and rebuild. I thought that was interesting. I wrote a letter to her, actually. I just, she just replied yesterday. I said, tell me more about that because I want to share that in New Zealand, that story. She said, well, this was the situation. I had a big argument with my sister, and which is her closest person in her life, and she wasn't going to forgive her sister for something that she had offended her. And that night she lay in bed and God just said, what? You say you love your sister, but you're not prepared to forgive her. I died for you. That's how much I love you. You can't even love your sister. And the thing that I've found about some, not all Ukrainian believers in our network, but some have really taken this thought of what Jesus says is serious. Like what, what Jesus says is the way that he wants us to live. When he says, love your enemies, this isn't just good advice to make a happy society. This is the way that God wants you to live in your day-to-day life. 
And um, so, that's, so that's her, Yulia. Um, Trevor, you said there might be some person. She may be it. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was kind of a thought, maybe there's a revolutionary in, in our movement. She may be it. Um, this is her friend, Nastia. So Yulia is now not in my life group. She's leading her own life group. Okay, and Nastia is one of the girls in that life group. She meets with Nastia every week. Nastia came to camp. Horrible name, isn't it? Nastia. It's like, Nastia than who? <laughs> uh, who's the nastiest? It's actually short for a beautiful name, Anastasia, which we then mutilate and say Anastasia. Anastasia. Anastasia is the name, and Nastia is the short form. So Nastia became a Christian at our camp last year. And uh, she's excited. She's just, these two are full on in their discipleship. They meet every week. They're studying the scriptures together, um, encouraging one another. And what was really encouraging is um, up until now, I guess most of the people who become Christians have become Christians through the work of me and my other teammates from the US, um, our missionary team. Um, but we've been talking about, come on, guys, you Ukrainians, you need to really start thinking, how can you reach out to your friends? And uh, I was so excited because these two put together a little party. Uh, it was actually a photo excursion. They had to run around all the city taking photographs and all kinds of things just for their non-Christian friends. And I thought that was so cool. They didn't preach the gospel at them, but just building relationships, proactive, act- activating, I like, you know, uh, just thinking, how can we be proactive and in building relationships with people. And uh, that's first steps. That's only small steps, but it's kind of first steps. This is really the first where they've taken just initiative themselves. So praise God for Yulia and Nastia. Um, That's kind of the effect of our camps. If you want to know more about camps, you may have been here and seen a little video uh, that that was a couple of weeks ago um, showing our camps. If you are interested in changing Ukrainians' lives like this, come to our camps. July and August... You need to talk to me probably today. So after the service, I'll be kind of hovering. If you're thinking, yeah, I've got a few thousand dollars. Actually, it is a few thousand dollars, but Activate will help you, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, to come over, it's a 10-day camp, July or August. It's in the middle of our summer, sorry. But you can escape New Zealand winter. It's beautiful in Ukraine, you know, 30 degrees. It's just lovely. Um, got a nice lake to swim in. Um, come over and, uh, and let, us, let us know about that. If you're interested, let us know today because by the time I get back in April, we've probably already wanted to have sorted out who's coming. So uh, let me know today. That'd be great. Um, the last thing is if you um, want to know more about me or want my contact information, it's on a little card. I took the liberty of sticking some by the coffee machine out in the, in the entryway there. Grab one of those um, and that's got some stuff about me and how to be in contact with me. Thank you very much. Isn't that cool? And uh, I would like to invite Pastor Trevor to come and maybe one or two others, Sheridan and Jan, to pray for you, particularly for, uh, I'll say Anna, and uh, Julia and uh, the word that Trevor, you shared uh, maybe last year, I think it was. So I'm going to ask Pastor Trevor, he would lead off and pray. Father God, we thank you for Brent and the work that he's doing in the Ukraine and the wider um, northern parts of the world. Father, we've seen your hand working through 
Brent. We've seen the outcomes. We've seen the stability. We've seen the consistency and the determination. And Father, we bless him this morning. We bless him for what he is doing. We pray that there would be multiplication, Father, like he's never seen before. As we see these beautiful faces of those who have been touched by Jesus, Lord, we can see the dream. We can catch the, the, the dream of thousands coming who will change the face of the nation and the nations around them. In the name of Jesus, amen. And Father, we thank you <clears throat> that as a church, we stand with Brent and with our missionaries around the world. Father, we pray for the kingdom of God to be expressed upon the earth and released with power and authority like it's never been seen before. Father, we pray for our own nation of New Zealand. May, Lord, your power be released from the top of the country to the very south. And, Lord, in, in the government, may your hand rest upon our leaders and politicians that they would seek you first above everything else. And Lord, we thank you for this wonderful city of Hamilton. We pray for local government here. We pray for the universities, the schools, the businesses. Lord, every activity in this city may be marked and favoured upon by you, I pray. Father, we declare your smile over this city and our households. May this be a place where it's easy to find Jesus. May this be a place that's celebrated in this country and around the world of the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Brent. It's lovely to hear from you. Thank you for coming and sharing. Isn't it good to hear that, church? It is, it is absolutely inspiring. And uh, I want to say thank you for your investment into Global Missions, not only financially, but with prayer support and with encouragement. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful, isn't it? So it's good. Well, guess what? I've got some highlights to share with you. You ready for those? I, I love highlight time. Don't look at me so... Can I try? I love highlight time. Yeah. Good. Do you know why I love it? Because it's about what's happening. It's about the community that we're experiencing. It's about doing life together. Isn't that so cool? That's why I like highlight time. So here we go. Next Tuesday at 7.30, we have info night. So if Activate is your home, love to see you there. You'll hear about what's happening in the church and what's coming up. Some exciting stuff. On the 19th, of March, which is next Saturday, in all our gatherings, we have Pastor Patrick Fitzgerald from Ireland. And on St. Patrick's Day, which is the Friday, he's going to be sharing with our youth. I'm going to be a young person that day. Very, very cool. Men's breakfast is on the 25th. Take one of these flyers. It's in the morning, early in the morning. Guest speaker, it's going to be a wonderful time. And during our 10.30 gathering today, if you're new to Activate and would like to find out more about the church and our connection with Acts Movement and Global Missions and so forth, come along. It doesn't matter if you haven't RSVP'd. It'll be during our 10.30 gathering, so that's fantastic. Weren't they good highlights? Isn't it great to be part of the church community and what God is doing? That is so cool. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Richard He's going to share a testimony with us about why does Richard enjoy prayer gathering? Weren't they like, um, great last week? And then Richard's going to share a scripture reading from Psalms with us. So let's give him a hand as he comes. I'm going to share, I'm going to share five E's about the Tuesday night prayer meeting. I go 
partly because of Matthew 18:20, where he says, where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Sometimes I need to make a conscious decision to go when it seems it would be so much easier to stay at home, especially after a busy day or when it's cold or wet outside. But I've learned that it's not about how I feel. It's about who God is. Joining with others in prayer is, is a bit like singing our national anthem at a public event such as Anzac Day. It's a bit like joining in the haka with the All Blacks. With such a group of like-minded believers all in one accord, the enemy is given something to worry about. So the prayer gathering is, is the three E's. It's educational. As quiet and, and unassuming as I am, I seem to learn something from someone else each time I go. It's encouraging. It helps to build me up in, in my prayer life. It's empowering. It, it gives me confidence to, to stand tall as a follower of Jesus. It has eternal results. And thanks to Pastor Sheridan, it's entertaining at times. So having been recalibrated on who God is and who I am in God, I go home refreshed and inspired. So let's hear from Psalm 68, verses 1 to 10. A song, a psalm of David. Rise up, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Blow them away like smoke. Melt them like wax in a fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God. But let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. O oh God, when you led your people out from Egypt, when you marched through the dry wasteland, the earth trembled and the heavens poured down rain before you, the God of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. You send abundant rain, O God, to refresh the weary land. There your people finally settled. And with a bountiful harvest, O God, you provided for your needy people.
Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Stand to our feet, church.
worship. What a mighty God we serve. And every knee will bow before him. And every tongue confess that he is Lord. Every tongue Confess that he is Lord. Every time, confess that he is Lord. But our God
Father, I thank you for Beryl and Leo. I declare your blessing over them in Jesus' name. I thank you for strong couples. I thank you for people who have stood the test of time. And I thank you for those who are faithful to you. And Lord, I declare them to be a blessing in any situation, any given situation that they're in at any time. In Jesus' name. And as I pray for you guys, I see two containers, and the containers are full. Um, just in my picture, the stuff in it, it's full, absolutely full. And they've both got lids on them, and I see the containers being poured, and there's just a little bit coming out, but the containers are full. And then I see a hand coming and a thumb just gently pressing in the middle of the container. And as a little bit of pressure comes on the middle of the container, what it's doing is giving the ability to be able to release around the edges. And I see those lids coming off the containers and then being poured with, with vast amounts coming out in every way. And I really sense that the Holy Spirit would encourage you this morning that it's a time, it's a season to pour liberally in every sense of the word. In every sense of the word. For this time, for this season. Also sense there may be a little bit of discomfort just as he eases the edges, but you're not to worry about that. He's, he's just, just a little bit of pressure so he can ease the edges so that he can step you into the new season that he's got for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Drinkus, for you, I really I just heard the Holy Spirit say, it's about who you are, not what you can do. It's about who you are. He's got a mantle placed on your life, and uh, there's an invitation there to start to step into that more. But understand it's about who you are, not what you can do. And that's something of the anointing of God on your life. So. I'd love to pray for some people just while I'm doing this too. If you've got um, pain up in the back of your knees, I can see that, and I can also see pain behind the eyes. So if you fit either of those categories, just come to me now, and I'll pray for you quickly. Believe for a miracle. Pain behind the knees. I can see it right in behind the knee. I don't know if there's ligaments or whatever in there, but I can see that. And also pain behind the eyes. So don't be shy if that's you. Great. Pain in your leg. Knee and eyes. Come on. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that one. Spirit, I thank you that you're here. Thank you that you want to heal. Jesus, all of our diseases. You paid the price for all of our sickness, all of our disease, all our injury. Maybe this morning you need a miracle in your own body. Why don't you lay your hand on yourself? Declare by faith that you are healed in Jesus' name. Father, I speak to this knee and behind this knee. Everything in there that makes it work, I command it to come into line and to order in Jesus' name. That all pain would be gone joint would move as it should move in Jesus name Holy Spirit release your power right in Jesus name for the eyes as well in Jesus name Jesus name Holy Spirit touch our sister touch your body right now in Jesus name 
greatly improved. She could hardly lift it up. That's good. Give Jesus a hand for that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Fantastic. Fantastic. Amen. Take hold of that. Amen. I really sense that the Holy Spirit wants to, to lift the whole area of faith. And, um, you know, uh, words of knowledge, miracles, signs, wonders, I really, really believe that He wants to lift that in our country, not just in our church, in our country for our city, etc., and I feel personally incredibly challenged to just go with the flow a little bit on it and uh, to keep my ears open to what he's doing and not just listen but to act. And I don't think that's just me. I think that's everyone in this, in this room. We're all in different places. I'm never going to see the hospital come to Jesus. I'm never going to see the accountant's firm you work at, the lawyer's office, the beauty parlor, or anything else that you work at come to Jesus. But you will. You will. As you're there, wherever, whenever, be like Jesus, when you're there, you are Jesus incarnate in that place. If that makes sense, you are. Yeah, great. Well, I've just got back from India this week, and it was great. It might have got my heart a little bit this time, which is a disturbing thing. And um, it was good. We achieved a few things, and it was very privileged to have Daniel King traveling with me. Daniel, why don't you come and take a couple of moments, tell us about... Was this your um, first kind of short-term trip like that, eh? Yeah. How about giving Daniel a big hand? Thank you. Morning, church. Um, Sheridan, when he asked me to, to share, was asking about what impacted me, and I found I was impacted, crikey, just about everywhere. Um, from when we arrived, um, the host very hospitable, very warm. Um, we've been travelling for about 40 hours. We're knackered. But they're like, come on, have something to eat. Come on, have a chat, catch up with us. I'm like, okay, okay. So, so that was probably the start of, uh, of the introduction to me in terms of the warmth that we were to receive. Um, it was fantastic. There were a couple of things that were a little bit different. Um, Travelling in India, particularly on the roads, very different. Uh, we're very inefficient here. We have a dual carriageway and we have one car on each road. Um, and the lines, we stick to them. Again, very wasteful. Uh, in India, we have buses, cars, trucks, tractors, scooters, you name it. And they all sort of coexist in the same space. They'll sort of pull out and go to overtake and they'll share, they'll toot, they'll blink their lights and they'll, they'll get by. I'm in the back just freaking out. My legs are just working the whole time. You know, I'm changing down, dropping it down, breaking. Uh, you get to the other end and you're just exhausted. Um, I've never been so, great, um, so grateful for people to pray for travelling mercies. Every time I'm like, yes, amen, do it, Lord. So, um, so that was very impactful. I think probably one of the the most impactful things with me was, um, was speaking. So um, uh, we were talking, uh, Sheridan was talking to Surinder, the lead pastor there, and they were like, uh, Surinder was asking, can you have a salvation message? Sheridan was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll talk about Jesus, we'll lift him up, yeah, that'll be good. And I was like, sweet, he's got it. He turns to me a couple of minutes later, so 
do I mind preaching a salvation message tomorrow night? I was like, okay, well, I've never done one of those. First time in India, be the third time through a translator. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. So um, thankfully, a couple of days before, Sheridan had been praying, and it was a real simple prayer, and it was just like, may we be of some kingdom use? And I was like, I really liked it. So I was, yes and amen. So I was like, okay, sure we can do that. So um, for the next 20 minutes, I was praying, okay, Lord, what shall I talk about? And I got this little, um, this little, four little words, like, where do you go? And my first thought was, I think that's a Justin Bieber song. And I was like, <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, it's God. So I was like, I'll use that. So, so next morning I wake up and I say, like, okay, Lord, so, so where do you go? What? And then I was thinking of um, ERO. I think it's from one of my wife's um, parenting courses, like um, event, response, outcome. So, so what's your response? So, so for example, I was talking about um, sort of beautiful sunsets. We've seen some fantastic sunsets. And, um, and I was like, okay, well, where do you go when you see that? And sort of Romans 1.20, it talks about the sort of God's handiwork being displayed. I was like, okay, so, so when you see that, you can either go to, you know, the, the angle of the sun or you can talk about sort of God and God's goodness. And then I was like, okay, well, where do you go when you're sad? Where do you go when you think about your own sin, when you think of eternity? The idea being to get people to think about sort of their response. So something's happened, they get to respond and there will be an outcome. So, so I did that in the morning, a couple of hours, and I was like, okay, well, that's that. Um, and then in the afternoon, I was thinking, that's really not going to connect. You know, Daniel, that's not going to speak to people. And every time I think of that, I'd think of something else shared and I said a couple of days before along the lines of, you know, whatever God gives you, go with. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm not sure about this, but I believe you've given it to me, so I'd pray for, for open hearts and minds and that God would really work amongst the people. So uh, we turned up there. Um, it was a beautiful setting. We were on a roof. The sun's going down. Um, and I'm there, and I'm, I'm speaking the word that I think God's given me. And I can literally hear, <laughs> boom. I'm like, it's bombing. It's going nowhere. There's no response from people in front of me. Even the pastors behind me, I was like, a little something, guys. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Halfway through, the translator's translating. I'm like, you know what? I think I'll just sit down. Like, no, no, God's given it to me. I'll do it. So I followed it through, delivered it, got to the end of my eight pages, and I was like, oh, salvation message. We should have a response. So I was like, okay, well, if you, if you believe God's speaking to you and you want to respond to him, please stand up. And people stood up. And I was like, there was gasps, literally, from the pastors behind me. I'm like, really? To that you're going to respond? And so it was just the biggest thrill um, to being able to pray for people. And I think there was four people. And it was just, it was really just stepping out. And I'd take a step, and God would provide a scripture. I'd take another step, and God would provide an example. So it was really just me being obedient. And that, that was all it was. It wasn't much to do with me, but it was just the biggest thrill. Um, so there was a number, oh, probably just the last one real quick. Um, I was praying for someone as a young fella, and, uh, and I got the, the prodigal son. Where's Jeremy? And I've heard Jeremy speak about it in terms of the father. He gathers up his garments, and he runs to the son. You know, there's something real of the heart of God. And I was like, wow, that's beautiful. But anyway, here I am. I'm trying to translate gathering up the garments of the father to run to him. The guy I'm praying for is like, what? The guy that's doing the translating is like killing himself laughing. And I'm like, Lord, please make something as this gets through. So again, it was just sort of stepping out and hopefully God did something good. Sure he did. Sure he did. Thank you, Daniel. Well done, Daniel. It was great. It was a good trip. You're certainly um, the driving something else to behold over there. And I'm pretty relaxed in it now because I'm used to it. But there was one point, because I don't believe in changing down to accelerate. They just put their foot down and hope. You know, and you pull out into oncoming traffic because that's what you do. And we were travelling with this one guy and when he pulled out and accelerated and it wasn't getting that faster that quick and he started to lean over the steering wheel to make it go faster. 
That was one of those clinch moments. <laughs> well, um, this morning I thought I'd talk about ladders. Was it? Seats last week. Well, we're progressing. We did a ladders course here a while ago, and I understand that I'm meant to have three points of contact at any given time if I'm to be health and safety wise. Discovered I've learnt, used the ladder wrong my whole life. Thought one was enough, surely. When you look at the ladder this morning, I, I've come to, I think of the ladder a little bit like life's journey. A little bit like the road of life, the purpose of life. I look at a ladder and ladders come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. They come in all sorts of widths, all sorts of angles. But the purpose of a ladder is really to help push you in a certain direction, isn't it? That's the purpose of a ladder. It's going to push you forward. It's a bit like life. We come in all sorts of shapes, all sorts of sizes, all sorts of lengths and heights and everything else. But once you're on life's journey, you can't stop. You're going in a certain direction. That makes sense to you? Great. So I think of ladder as purpose. I think of it as sense. I think of it as pushing us in a direction. Why don't you get your Bibles and let's turn to Isaiah chapter 44, which has nothing to do with ladders. Hopefully I'll join it all together at the end and it'll make sense to you. Now I'm going to read it from the message actually, so maybe, maybe uh, if you're reading yours translation there, it might work against you rather than for you. But read it when you go home. Isaiah 44 verse 9. All those who make no God idols don't amount to a thing. And what they work so hard at making is nothing. Their little puppet gods see nothing and know nothing. They're total embarrassments. Who would bother making gods that can't do anything? That can't God Watch all the no-God worshippers hide their faces in shame. Watch the no-God makers slink off, humiliated, when their idols fail them. Get them out here in the open. Make them face God reality. The blacksmith makes his no-God, works it over in his forge, hammering it on his anvil. Such hard work. He works away, fatigued with hunger and thirst. The woodworker draws up plans for his no-God, traces it on a block of wood. He shapes it with chisels and planes into human shape. A beautiful woman, a handsome man, ready to be placed in a chapel. He first cuts down a cedar, or maybe picks out a pine or an oak and lets it grow strong in the forest, nourished by the rain. Then it can serve a double purpose. Part he uses as firewood for keeping warm and baking bread, and the other part he makes a god that he worships. He carves it into a god shape and prays before it. With half he makes a fire to warm himself and to barbecue his supper. He eats his fill and he sits back satisfied with his stomach full and his feet warmed by the fire. Ah, this is the life. And he still has half left for a god made to his personal design, a handy, convenient no-God to worship whenever so inclined. 
Whenever the need strikes him, he prays to it. Save me, you're my God. Pretty stupid, wouldn't you say? Don't they have eyes in their heads? Are their brains working at all? Doesn't it occur to them to say, half of this tree I used for firewood, I baked bread, roasted meat, and enjoyed a good meal, and now I've used the rest to make an abominable no-god. Here I am praying to a stick of wood. If you want a definition of a purposeless life, that's a good one. The lover of emptiness of nothing is, sorry, this lover of emptiness of nothing is so out of touch with reality, so far gone, that he can't even look at what he's doing, can't even look at the no good stick of wood and say to his hand, um, in his hand and say, this is crazy. Remember these things, O Jacob. Take it seriously, Israel, that you're my servant. I made you, I shaped you, you're my servant. O Israel, I'll never forget you. I've wiped the slate of all your wrongdoings. There's nothing left of your sins. Come back to me. Come back. I've redeemed you. Let me read a couple of the verses, just verses 9 to 11, from the voice translation of the Bible, or the voice Bible it's called. I really like the way it words it. It says this. But whoever, but whoever does make an idol is not improved or enriched. On the contrary, their passing fancies contribute nothing of value or of purpose. Those who look on at such misplaced attention don't understand what they're seeing. And the idol makers will end up embarrassed at best. It's easy to say, what pathetic idiocy. Who would do such a thing? Make gods that are by definition worthless? The people who worship them will be shamed and humiliated. After all, people made those gods. Yet this happens all of the time. So let's put images, well, let's put these images, these figurines, all together, stand them up, and they'll tremble with terror and be ashamed. When I read these scriptures, it seems absolutely ridiculous to me. Who would take a piece of wood, cut it in half, use half of it in the fire to stay warm and to break your supper, to cook the barbecue, sit back in your chair and go, oh, life is good, and then take the other half and turn it into some kind of shape that you could worship? That's now your go It's ridiculous, isn't it? You can agree. Or not. Maybe you do that. That's all right. Hopefully not by the end of this. It, it seems preposterous to me that, that it's crazy. I like the words that the, the scriptures use. It's the strong words. Crazy. People living pointless, misguided lives. Seems, but it happens. And scripture says, but this happens all of the time. So I wonder if in our own way, in our own time, in our own form, we could be guilty of exactly the same thing. You might not have sat down with your piece of wood this week and turned it into a nice figurine and put it on your mantelpiece at home that you can worship, but I wonder what you have sown into your life this week or what you've sown your life into this week that has got as much worth as doing that. Because the scripture says it's absolutely crazy, yet we do it. So when I think of ladders, 
back to ladders. When I think of ladders, to me it's all about the wall that the ladder's leaning against. Now, I need a wall. I haven't got one today, but I've got a ladder. If the ladder represents our life, the question this morning for you and for me is what wall is our ladder leaning against? Is it a wall of purpose? Or is it a waste of time? See, the problem with your ladder is that it can be leaning against a wall and it's not until you're some way up it that you realize the wall it's leaning against is the wrong wall or it's a waste of time wall. There's all sorts of walls it could be leaning against. It's the career wall, the sport wall, the popularity wall, the education wall, the family wall, the social wall, the political wall, financial wall, health wall, fitness wall. Not that any of those things are wrong in themselves, but if that's the primary wall that our ladder's leaning against, I suspect you will get up it some way and discover that all you've been doing is carving idols out of a piece of wood. What wall is your ladder leaning against? Is it leaning against a wall of purpose? Because you're still breathing. If you discover it's leaning on the wrong wall, change walls. Just change walls. Shift it. Put it on another wall. Many people go through life without consideration of the wall that the ladder's leaning against. So the decades come and the decades go and you apply yourself to what's in front of you and we do the best we can but we start to get through life's journey. We get up the ladder a little bit and we go, oh my goodness, this isn't going where I thought it was going. This is pointless. I am sowing my life into what? Carving an idol out of a piece of wood. I'm doing my best. It's feeding me and all these things but I'm, what am I doing? What wall is your ladder leaning against? Maybe you're sitting there and struggling with the sense of purpose, the sense of significance in life. Can I implore you this morning to have a look what, ladder, what wall your ladder's leaning against? Because if it's leaning on the wrong wall, it's pretty hard to have a life of purpose, a life of significance. I think the wall that the ladder needs to be leaning against is God's purpose. That's the only wall, in my opinion, that the ladder can be leaning against. If you want to live a life of significance, if you want to live a life of purpose, if you want to live a life that's going somewhere that has eternal uh, benefits, that has eternal, now makes a difference in eternity, our, our wall needs to be the wall of God's purpose. Now, what that looks like for each of us will be different. But it needs to be the wall of God's purpose. And you need to be certain that it's leaning on the wall of God's purpose. What are God's purpose? In Matthew 22, 37, Jesus says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. So my primary wall is going to be loving God. That's my primary wall. Everything else comes after that. My primary wall is to love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and the rest of my life will be an overflow. But that's the wall my ladder's on. When I get to the top of my ladder of loving God, 
I'm going to be happy where it went. Despite all the stuff that might have gone on along the way, I'm going to be happy where this ladder takes me. This ladder is going to take me to a good place eternally. Real good place. And this ladder is taking me to a place that I'm confident in as I live. Stuff happens outside of it that I can't control, sure. But I like where this ladder is taking me. Love God. Secondly, he says, love your neighbour as yourself. Well, that's a learning experience, isn't it? As we heard from Brent, that is a learning experience. I hope that, trust that every year that goes on, we learn a little bit more about loving our neighbour, being able to love our neighbour. Love your neighbour as yourself. That's interesting in itself, isn't it? If you can't love yourself, you can't love your neighbour. You probably can't love yourself unless you've got your ladder on love God with all your heart, soul and mind. Interesting, Genesis 1.26 told us to be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and govern it. And then Habakkuk 2.14 tells us that we are to fill the earth with an awareness of the glory of God. It comes back again to love God with all your heart, your soul and your mind, your strength. What's your ladder leaning on? Maybe you're content just to leave your ladder on the wall it's on. Well, before today, you could have got away with ignorance on that. You could still get away with laziness. And if you really want to, you could get away with stupidity. But what wall's your ladder leaning against? Because I think... I think this is tragic. <laughs> what did the Bible call it? Stupidness. Idiocy. Idiocy. To be spending a lifetime misguided. That's what this represents. It just, just represents being misguided. They've missed what it's about, but the opportunity is right there for us to lean our ladder of life against the wall of Jesus. Crazy, really, isn't it? Crazy simple. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning and you're going far out. I've got my, my ladder lent along against the wrong wall. Maybe you're here this morning and you're going, I need to lend my ladder against the wall of relationship with Jesus and I've never done that. That's where it starts. In a sense, it's where it finishes. It's where it continues. It's all about relationship with Jesus. If we can get our ladder leaning on his wall and lean into that, that's the way we're designed to live. That's the way we're designed to live here. That's how we're designed for eternity. In fact, the only way for us to experience a favorable eternity is to lean our ladder on the wall of Jesus. There is no other way. There is no other door. There is no, that's it, full stop. It's simply leaning our ladder, our life, on the door of Jesus, on relationship with Jesus Christ. That is everything. Without that, we have, actually, without that, we have nothing. And, you know, if we've been in church for a long time and we cannot absolutely confidently say, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. My hope is is in him. He has forgiven my sins. He has made me right. I'm journeying into eternity with him, if we can't say that with absolute confidence, we're probably in trouble. 
know, Scripture talks about knowing about Him, but not knowing Him. It says we're people will arrive before him in heaven and they'll go, but Lord, Lord, we did this, we did that, we did miracles, we did signs and wonders and cast out demons in your name. And he'll go, yeah, but what's your name again? He doesn't quite say it that way. But he says, I don't know you. And this is about having our lives on a wall that we know him. I think religious people They've been religious for a long time, but don't have that absolute conviction that they know Jesus, that you know Jesus, are probably to be more pitied than any other people on the planet because we're trying to live the life that he's called us to live. But we haven't got the power, we haven't got the relationship to sustain that. Imagine yourself. When I stand in the shower, I stand like this. And I would stand there until the water ran out. The only problem is we got that never-ending hot water. <laughs> Imagine yourself just leaning on the wall. What is the wall that your life is leaning against? I really think that the Holy Spirit's doing <clears throat> some basic adjustments. Saying, come on, let's get back to the basics of things. Because to live a life of purpose, to live a life where the Holy Spirit can move through us powerfully to impact our workplaces, our families, our social clubs, our city, our nation, the nations of the world, we've got to come back to some real basics like who's your life leaning against? And I pray it's leaning against Jesus. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment? If you're here this morning and you're not in, you can't definitively say that you're in relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll answer the question for you. If you can't definitively say it, you're not. The Bible tells us that there is only one way to relationship with God. There is only one way to eternal life and that is through Jesus Christ. In the book of Romans it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. In other words, your ladder's leaning on the wall of Jesus. There is no other way. And then this morning, I'm inviting you on behalf of all of heaven, Jesus, to invite him into your world. To put a marker in the sand this morning and say, from this day on, I will know you personally, Jesus, and I will work that journey of discipleship with you. Friends, that's the life you're designed to live. That's the life I'm designed to live. It's how we live our best life. It's not going to be easy and you're not going to be perfect. So wipe those two things off the table. But that is the life we're designed to live. Not only that, when our days here come to an end, we've got a fantastic eternity ahead of us. An amazing eternity ahead of us. 
Bible is very clear for those who don't choose Jesus unfortunately eternity doesn't look so good but for those who choose him an amazing eternity ahead the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning he's probably your heart's probably racing now and your hands are more than likely sweating and you've got a bit of an internal wrestle going on that'll be the Holy Spirit prompting you that today something needs to change. So today, the invitation is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. And that could be for the first time, or for whatever reason, you've been there, you've stepped away, and today it's like, come on, step back up, come home, come home. And I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment if you want to respond to him this morning. You're not responding to me, although I want to see your hand and congratulate you. You're responding to God this morning. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. This morning, if you know you need to respond to him, if you know that you need to get your ladder on the right wall, can you lift your hand now, please, so I can just acknowledge you? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? I've seen a couple of people. Just wait a couple more seconds. Last chance. Fantastic. I've seen a couple of people respond to Jesus this morning. Why don't we give them a big hand, please? It's great. Someone will come up and have a chat with you both at the end. Well done. For the rest of us, here's some thoughts. What wall is your ladder leaning against? Go home and think about it. What wall is your ladder leaning against? Have you assessed, have you assessed the destination? Look, might look well and good. By the way, just a random thought to throw out. But the people you've got at the bottom holding the ladder, which is a good thing when it's leaning against a wall, are vital to where you end up. Vital. Make sure you've got the right people holding your ladder. Have you assessed where your ladder's going? Is the destination the life of purpose and significance that you want? Is it leading to the life of significance and purpose that you want? Or does your ladder need moving? And when you take a ladder and move it, there's a word for it. It's called repentance. It's called repentance. Father, I was going this way. 
you know, I don't think it's been right. We're going on this wall now. That's called repentance. So Father, I commend your church to you this morning. Father, I bless each person in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to work on us. I invite you to stir our thinking this morning so that we consider where our ladder's leaning. And Father, if we need to stop and repent, I ask for the softness of heart and the strength of mind to do that. May the result be that your church goes from strength to strength, that you are made famous, that you would receive all glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give Sheridan a hand. Great challenge. Thank you so much. Very, very cool. Great stuff. Well, if you have children in Kids Church this morning, they have a take-home question. And here it is. Who is your favourite Bible hero? Who is your favourite Bible hero? So have a good discussion around that over the table. It would be fantastic. And some final things just to bring your attention to. If you're a guest with us this morning, I invite you to help yourself to a white pack. In there you'll find a free coffee card. We'd love to have a coffee with you and uh, join with you over a coffee at the Crossover Cafe. And also we have Activate DNA. That's for those that are newer and part of Activate. That's running through the 1030 uh, gathering. So that'll be fantastic. Very, very cool. And only two more Sundays to register for Girls Day Out. So not far to go. Who's looking forward to that? Great. I've got my hand up, but I sort of have, but I haven't. But, you know, very, very cool. That's great. Well, should we close in prayer? How would that be? Yeah. Why don't you, uh, while you're bowing your head, why don't you open your hands to heaven? like to do that. I think it's always good to open our hearts to God. Father, I thank you for the privilege of being in your house and under your word, Lord. Father, I thank you that, Lord, you've placed us in different areas of influence in our city and in the greater community. Lord, in many areas, some of us are involved in commerce and law and business and retail. Some of us in arts and media, some of us in health and science, others involved in family. Lord, in many, many different areas, you know them all. Father, right now I pray your empowerment by your Holy Spirit and your release upon each one of us. That, Lord, as we go out this week, whenever, wherever, we'll be like Jesus. Father, we'll be light and salt to the people around us. Lord, we'll share the love of God and we'll encourage them and bless them, Lord. And, Father, I pray for every one of us.